In the grim darkness of the second millennia, there is only a shitty podcast hosted by three dorks. A podcast about the grim darkness of the 41st millennia and how incredibly stupid it is. This is Grim Dorks. Ooh. <laughs> What's this? Uh, this is Grim Dorks, a discussion podcast in the Lord story of the Warhammer 40,000 universe. Uh, I am really fucking punchy John, and with me as always are my two favorite, I think I'll actually call you guys co-hosts. Uh, God, I feel naked and afraid being called by the appropriate title. Um, It's like showering in a shower you're not used to. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, I am a meme lord fuzzy. Uh, I'm exploding skull face assassin Brayden. Appropriate. (laughs) Today we're wrapping up the Inquisition, also talking about the Assassinorum, because now feels like a good time. And, uh, yeah, that's the gist. As for characters for the Inquisition, uh, there aren't a lot that kind of just exist in a vacuum, you know? Right. Where yeah, they don't... usually, like, it's like Crippman. Yeah, they're all kind of tied into other things, so going through every Inquisitor that is named would be, well, pants on head idiotic. But there are two specific ones that do primarily have stories that are contained in and of themselves. And those are none other than Gregor Eisenhorn and Gideon Ravenor, because they have book series devoted to them. Uh, Yeah, they're part of a trilogy of trilogies. The last triplet is coming out currently. It's the uh, Belquin setup. uh, She's real cool, too. I guess spoilers all for the Ravenor series and the Eisenhorn series. Yep. Uh, fair warning. If you want to skip that part, we will badly edit in where in the uh, where in the episode to skip to. Uh, right here. You can skip to fourteen thirty to avoid spoilers. And uh, so skip to that part of the episode if you want to skip the uh this section yeah. also john remember to edit in where to skip to <laughs> uh okay i would like to remind everyone that this is eisenhorn and ravenor are fantastic book series they have great reviews like independent of what we think of them i haven't actually read them i just know they're good um yeah here that that's go read them <laughs> If you don't care about spoilers, like me, keep listening. If you don't, skip. It may inspire you to read them. I know for me, that's what happens, actually. Like, I'm not... this. We're recording this around when Star Wars comes out, and I'm not going to spoil Star Wars for you. I haven't seen it yet. Um, But, like, man, if I get any Star Wars spoilers, I'm just going to be like, wait, what? Cool. And then I'll go watch it more excited, because, like, cool. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Eisenhorn, because we're going to go in pseudo-chronological order, Eisenhorn is a Inquisitor. He is a uh, Ordo Zeno Inquisitor, and he is uh, not mono... I think it might be mono-dominant. He's pretty Puritan, right? And we talked about that in the first episode, and 
he has this arch nemesis named uh, Glaw. He has several arch nemeses throughout the arc. Uh, very first book, he chases Glaw and his house into, like, his noble house, not his actual home. Not into, the actual house. Into, like, a weird pseudo, like, non-truly Euclidean geometric weirdness plane. Like, in my head, it's animated suit. Like, uh, Madoka is when they're fighting witches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And fucking the, uh, deep weeb cut. Yeah. yeah, right? And then the aliens like talk to them by putting their hands together. And like what I imagine is like when you're making like a triangle. Mm-hmm. And then like a face comes out of their hands. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking creepy. Yeah. But all of this to get a hold of the 40k equivalent of the Necronomicon. And Eisenhorn uses this like, that's that's a big thing. He uses it. Part of his whole arc is becoming less of a Puritan and more of a radical, to the point where he basically gets kicked out of the Inquisition. What? And what what could make this happen? Oh, he uses something called a Daemon Host. Which I was actually just reading about. A Damon host, I'm going to tag in here because I just finished reading this and I want to talk in this first half of an episode, um, <laughs> besides the occasional, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, Damon hosts are essentially what happens when you, the dumb shit that you are, think, yes, I will hold a demon in my body and not allow it to control me, instead I will control it. This is literally making a deal with the devil, because when you die, your soul is going with the demon to hell, and it will torture you forever. Um, so bold strategy, but there are some radical inquisitors that like to, oh, I don't know, do the ritual to make a daemon host, and then control the daemon host, as opposed to becoming a daemon host themselves. Right. Yeah, Gregor... Eisenhorn sends it into, sends the Daemon Prince Cherubail, aka the Cherub of Bale, into a corpse. The Which corpse of bold. his close friend. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this friend, Godwin Fishing, is, a, or was, an Adeptus Arbite who was basically Eisenhorn's conscience. And, you know, and that really, really tragic twist gets turned into Cherubale. Or his body does, at least. It's kind of that... What happens when you try to stick to really rigid morals in a grim, dark, cyberpunky type world? Yeah, everything gets turned on its head and it's really, really bad. Oh, no. Uh, he has... Part of what makes Eisenhorn kind of interesting is that he's not... Like, there's different, so many different kinds of Inquisitors. He is someone who does a lot of work on the ground. And he has, like, his retinue, his close friends and associates. Uh, Godwin is one of them at several points. There's also Uber, Uber Amos, who is a savant, who becomes addicted to knowledge. And he, Eisenhorn gets him to read a, like, basically the Necronomicon. 
and he just starts like smoking out of his ears and it basically kills him. It's real rough. A lot of Eisenhorn's life can really just kind of be described as woof. Yeah. All my friends uh, are dead, and the only person I have left is a demon host. Push me yeah. to the edge. All my friends are dead. Yep. Um, <laughs> also, uh... Oh, I, uh, I almost forgot that one of the grimmest, darkest things about him. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he got captured by the Glaw family and tortured, and, uh, half of his face doesn't work anymore. Oh, no. Not half yeah. of his face. Like... The nerves got and it got fucked up. Oh no! So now he talks with the slur. Probably. I mean, yeah, he basically got forcibly stroke. A stroke Gosh. was forced into him. Um, and yeah, and it it makes it even worse that like all of his friends either are dead or uh, fucking hate him. Hate him. Um, such as Segway. Uh, Ravenor. Well, Ravenor doesn't. I mean, what I, I just saw a thing that said that Ravenor was his enemy at a certain point in time. Namely, mm. the point in time where he actually kill or destroys Cherubel's body. Mm. So, Ravenor is a former uh, for interrogator, actually, of Eisenhorn. And uh, they were at a... Like, the equivalent of a Roman triumph... Like a big glory parade, and someone uh, bombed it. With his delicately, 9/11 actually ran a plane into it. Yeah, and he got his body all fucked up, and then did like Zen meditation to become Professor X in space. Specifically, <laughs> he got almost completely murderized, um, but via literally force of willpower, because that's what happens when you're a pretty good psyker. Um, kept his become mind. A great psyker his mind connected to his body um due to his injuries he also had like a chunk of his face blown off and like his ears and he had a bunch of sensory deprivation problems so that yeah. mixed in but with his chair having a bunch of psi boosters in it basically turned him into space professor x in psychic hell uh oh, yes. this is the worst time man little bit i mean it's pretty cool for him uh he ravenor is a pretty uh radical inquisitor he works with eldar he works against eldar uh he used to be pretty handsome and then you know fire uh, he has all of his associates wear wraithbone necklaces which is pretty neat what is Wraithbone? Wraithbone is what the Eldar make all of their shit out of. Well, it's Ooh. it's basically like tiny crystallized um, pure psychic energy, uh, the and with the appearance of bone. Yeah. Uh, it is quite literally sung into existence by Wraithbone singers, who are uh, well. They're psychics. They're psychers who are capable of wielding the warp in such a way to give it a permanent uh, existence in the materium, Wraithbone. Yeah, that's the shtiz. Uh, he uses this to be able to possess their bodies. So he's basically, not always... he, they all have a beacon on them. Yeah. So you can just. Whoop. Oh yeah, I can wear this person. 
and Gross. do more cool bullshit. One of his his first real big deals is he goes up, he finds Zale, who becomes Hyperion, as we talked about. He like fights a demon, and he also discovers what I think is the dumbest subplot in 40k. Uh-huh. Okay. What is that? And that that is the Enuncia subplot. Uh-huh. Excuse me? Which, Enuncia is the, the language that can warp the universe. Excuse me? This is, like, almost exclusive to Dan Abnett's books. I've never seen it anywhere else. Right. But they, uh... This conspiracy on this planet uses chaos-tainted machinery to, like, convert the unabridged dictionary of Anuncia. And once you have it, you can fuck with space-time, like, almost completely. Okay. Like, a guy uses it to kill some people that are trying to attack him. And it's not Psyker or anything, it's just, it's more fundamental than that. Now, admittedly, when he speaks in Nuncia, like, no one, you don't hear it as words, and it, like, breaks his teeth and makes him bleed from the mouth real bad. Oh. It's 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 kind of like black bolt powers. <laughs> uh, yeah, mixed with dark side, I would say. All right, the unlife equation and all that shit going on. All right, metal, I dig it. It's metal, and you dig it, but it's not. <laughs> when there's so much else going on, it takes like a major back seat and stops being cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a point where Ravenor just like straight up works with a a couple Eldar because he knows them. I mean, uh, I saw in his wiki page he apprentices himself to a Farseer for a while. Like, I mean, just actually apprentices with an Eldar Farseer. Interesting. You'll probably just learn a lot of shit that way. Yeah, and so it seems like a good way to do some learning. Um, yeah, I think that's... Most of it. About it. Alright. Well. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> it's time to... So, uh, the time code is... Uh, 15 minutes in, basically. I'm just gonna wait four seconds and keep talking. Shabam! There we go. Welcome back. You skipped to this point, or you've been following us the whole time. Um, no, it's not going to be the same, right? Because I have to edit out the beginning and all that shit. Yeah, I know, but it's fun for my time code, and it's felt like a good moment. Shit. Um, but still, you know, welcome back. You're about 15 minutes in. Because uh, Lord knows I don't think we talked for fucking five minutes before we oh, officially yeah. introed the show. Damn. Approx. Uh, Alright, so we just finished talking about Ravenor and Eisenhorn. Uh, turns out they uh, all were... The books end in an orgy, and everyone was naked. Uh, and, you know, since uh, Ravenor is just space Patrick Stewart, and Eisenhorn is just space uh, James Bond, as played by Sir Sean Connery, it's pretty I'd watch that sexy. porno. Space uh, Sean Connery. <laughs> space, 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 eat shit, Trebek. 
Uh, now. Okay, pronouncing 90% of these names in, an, in a fucking Sean Connery voice would be actual hell. <laughs> like, fucking, uh... Fucking, God. Majo Shbeer. Burr. 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 Felt gross saying that for some reason. I think <laughs> I, I, I think that might have been Anuncia. Um, Probably that in and of itself. All right, let's talk about assassins uh, because it feels like a good time to include assassins uh, because the next time we talk about humans, it doesn't fit as well. Um, so let's say you're a member of humanity with some power. And there is a problem. How do you solve the problem? Well, uh, check out the mix model my DJ revolves it. Well, you can either send a bunch of dudes in power armor, a bunch of ladies in power armor, a bunch of dudes in cardboard boxes, uh, a titan, uh, a giant mecha, a bunch of tanks, or... You can send one guy. Or girl. That's where the Assassin Orm comes in. They are the poisoned needle of the Emperor. If the, uh... Well, if the Imperial Guard is the hammer and the Space Marines are the sword, the Assassin Orm is the poisoned needle. And scalpel. And frankly, one of the images that it is included on their page is of every type of assassin walking away from a bloodthirster, and odds are, bloodthirster's not the deadliest thing in that image. Um, the Assassin Orm was originally founded, founded by, uh, well, none other than Malkador the Sigilite, uh, during the Great Crusade, but once shit hit the fan, and then Rogel Dorn found out about it, he did not like what he saw. Um, he went to one of the Officio Assassinorum's meetings by inviting himself, because he's Rogel Dorn, and I'd like to see you stop him. Uh, he was uh, rather intent on voicing his opinion on their modus operandi tactfully, and by that we mean he fucking yelled at them for a while. Malkador, who takes no shit from Rogel Dorn, politely, yet firmly, told him to fuck off and die. At this point, Big E walks in and goes, uh, Yeah, fucking, we're keeping it. Eat shit. Also, Malkador dropped the cloak and dagger shit. Um, Malkador was like, alright. So he drops the cloak and dagger shit and now is the actual master of assassins. And, the well, starts sending him off to do things. Uh, as time occurs, uh, more divisions within the Officio Assassinorum, referred to as temples, open up. There are six total temples within the Officio Assassinorum, and each one is, uh, well, pretty fucking good at their job. Each pretty one rad. Of, yeah, each one of them is almost from birth made to be an assassin, and they grow up in rather strict, uh, terms, uh, and get formed into a badass throughout it. Uh, we'll just go alphabetical. Uh, number one, the Calidus Assassin. Calidus is Latin for sneaky. 
Um, though ironically, Calidus is a masculine form, and all of the Calidus assassins, most, 99%, are women. Uh, this almost all women assassin temple of the Assassinorum are infiltration masters. They apparently, uh, can literally morph their entire bodies. Mm. Thanks to a drug called polymorphine. Polymorphine, mm. you can guess how they came up with that ingenious name, uh, for some reason works better on ladies than it does dudes. Uh, which, hey, at least it does work on dudes, unlike Gene Seed, for whatever fucking reason. Um, give me my Lady Space Marines. Prepare yourselves for my Gene Seed. Never say those words to me ever again. Um, their training is essentially uh, standard spy shit. You learn about a different culture, you learn about the languages, and you also learn how to kill thing good. Uh, they're also unlike most of the other assassins, probably capable of holding a conversation. Um, apparently, they also occasionally run into getting lost in character, where someone will think they're a Tau, and oops, they is, basically. Yep. Uh, they also, for some reason, wear giant leather bodysuits and have large top-knot ponytails. Yeah. Um, they, are the, they are the leather fetishists. I'm pretty uh, sure that's fuck? fucking everyone. Nah, but they do it to the extreme. They got those vacuum sealed suits. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of shenanigans regarding, uh, Calidus assassins in particular, and frankly, to give any single faction in Warhammer the title of leather fetishist might be a sin in and of itself. I don't uh, I would like to point you at Death Cult Assassins again. <laughs> um, generally, Calidus are also uh, armed with a pretty neato thing called a... Well, they have both neural shredders, their whips, Whoa. and phase swords, which are cool, Whoa. like, wrist-mounted swords that you can go like, thunk. it's dope. Nice. They also have poison blades. Duh. Um, I, for one, am shocked. Yeah. Uh, next up, Calexus. We've talked about them before. Uh, Latin, uh, culex, means mosquito. Uh, except instead Ooh. of blood, they like to give the little slurp on to uh, the, warp. the warp. I remind you, the Calexus are the guys who are have the evil eye and also killed Onva. Um... They can turn invisible. They're also sometimes good at hacking. And in general, they're unpleasant for anyone around them because they're psychic blanks who can kill you by staring at you. Weird. Although um, you don't want to look at you. Yes. Generally, they are armed with that big old helmet that lets them stare death at people. Uh, Psych-out grenades, which are grenades that sometimes deal a mortal wound. Um... But that only works on psychic on psychers. Uh, something called an Ethereum, which is the suedo of invisibility, and the fact that they're fucking psychic assassins lets them hit anyone at any time because fuck you. Uh, yeah. That's how they work. Uh, since we already talked about Alexis, I'm just gonna go ahead and move on past them because now we get to talk about the boys. 
because they're back in town. And it's also time for my longest re ever. Um, Ari. really Ariba, though, Ariba. Eversore. Eversore is Latin for destroyer, and there's a damn good reason. Eversore assassins are, frankly, my favorite thing. Uh, so, remember Chev Chelios from the Crank movies? Yeah. Imagine that guy, but he never runs out of adrenaline. Oh. Mixed with some Kool-Aid man. Oh. Mixed with a heavy helping of if he dies, he fucking explodes. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. <laughs> Eversore assassins are literally murder machines that when they wake up they go it's murder time and start killing so they keep them in cold sleep 99% of the time because they also implant them with a bunch of cybernetics and combat stims and they're literally always high on combat stims and cybernetics that keep them high on combat stims and murder um they're then given a power glove with blades on it and told, go. They go, and it's pain for anyone in front of them. There's a reason the joke is that they burst into a... Well, the Eversaur's dynamic entry. Step one, scream, oh yeah, whilst destroying point of entry. Like the Kool-Aid man. Step two, commence pelvic thrust. Step three, and I quote... <laughs> oh dear. Step four, kill everything. Mm. Step five, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Step six, profit. Yes. Uh, this is almost literally what happens with an Eversword, because they are woken up from cold sleep, thrown at the enemy, the enemy is then dead, and then they basically just trank dart the Eversword until they can pick him back up again. <laughs> um, that and the fact that they wear a skull face and if they for some reason die they do quite literally explode yeah. that is not me memeing they literally have a melt-a-bomb inside them I remind you a melt-a-bomb is a nuke I a small like nuke it's like Bane they just get pumped just to the tits full of steroids and anger and then uh, get pointed in a direction and they just wait. They're Bane Hulks, yes. Yeah. Yes. They're Bane mixed with Hulk and given one of Wolverine's arms. Uh, it's terrible. Next up, we have the Venus, Vanus Assassin. Vanus, Latin is not conveniently provided here for me, uh... They're the info chance of uh, the assassins. They, well, actually the way they assassinate is they essentially puppet a bunch of other cybernetic assassins into places. This they sounds also... like that one movie. You know the one. But you're our butler. Law-abiding citizen. <laughs> or gamer. No, law-abiding citizen. Oh. What was that movie where Gerard Butler was the prisoner who was getting piloted by that kid in the video game? I think it's called Gamer. Okay. 
cool. Gamer. <laughs> I was thinking of gamer. Fuck your law-abiding citizen. I hate you. Um... Da, 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 da. No, but re no, but really, uh, an average Venus assassin is not very good at fighting himself. Uh, at least they originally weren't. By M32, they got upgraded to actually be good at, you know, assassinating people. But still, yeah. most of their major shtees is cyber warfare and causing mobs. Um, that's most of their stick. They're... They hack. They hack real good. Um, they're typically equipped with, well, a magic hacking device that they wear on their arm. Uh, also some servo skulls to help out. It's not magic, That's it's sufficiently advanced technology, you, un you uncultured swine. Right. Um, next up, we have the Venom. The v Venenum. Venenum? Venenum Assassin. Brayden, would you like to guess what the Venenum Assassin's shtick is? Okay, hold oh, on. Oh, I... I have seen pictures of them. Um, they are crisis men. They have the that, crisis suits on, and no. they shoot things from far away. That's that's the no, next one. No, that that's the Vindicare. Oh, I have no idea. Listen to me closely. Okay. Venenum. Uh huh. Venenum. Uh huh. Um, what does it sound like? They hit people with really big swords. <laughs> Uh, that's the ones that pelvic thrust when they get into a room. <laughs> yeah, no, they're the venom users. Yes! Or they use poison. Now, yes. uh, lads, if I may, and I you. know you will support me on this one, provided you don't hate me. Mm-hmm. Venenonum. Venenonum. That's the noise they make when you hear them coming in the distance. Yep. They just sing to themselves all the time. Yeah. They're bad assassins because you can hear their low singing. Yep. So, Venom don't actually have a lot of, uh screen time, so to speak, but they poison people. They're very good at it. There's some cool fan art that I'll put up of a Venom Assassin that I really am into, but there's, uh, there's not a lot of... The whole I poisoned the well and caused your entire army to get sick and die angle isn't great at game rules, so they aren't really much of a thing. <laughs> okay, oh, here, here's my, my rule for impl implementing Venenonums. You... Uh. When you play a Venenonum, you don't get a model, but your opponent loses 10% of their models. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Um, so basically, it's the equivalent of a uh, just having a Death Strike missile. <laughs> but just a Death Strike, but one guy. Um, speaking of one-man killing machines, uh, Vindicare Assassins is next up on the list. Crisis, you men. Oh shit, it's FPS Vindicare. Doug. Yeah, FPS Doug. That's Vindicare. a dated meme. Holy shit, I feel yes. old. Oh my god. Vindicare Assassins, Latin for Vindico, thus meaning Avenger, Punisher, slash Protector, depending on context, they're snipers. Uh, the famed Orc Sniper uh, is the Vindicare Assassin. Perhaps the most well-known Vindicare is... Uh, 
the I crisis refer to it as Livy, but uh, L I I V I. Uh, I forget how Roman numerals work. Uh, uh, oh, fucking um, remember. I think that I, for one, like Roman numerals. What what does L do? I think it's like uh, hundred. Let's see. No, Tau's um, fucking. L is fifty. That's I. That so I was right with that. Okay, it's let's. L-I- it's not, I, so a, it's not an L, it's, it's a me. lambda, probably. Is it a lambda? No, it's an L. Oh, it's an L. Me. It is an L. It's okay, so Livy is uh fucking fifty six, I believe. Or no, fifty eight, maybe. I don't fucking know. If Livy. It's, it's if it's L I V I I, then it might be It's L I I V I fifty six. Yeah, that's what I thought. But L I I V I, yeah, that would be fifty six. That misses one of the because fifty would just be L, so L V I would be. Hang on, Roman numeral fifty six. Translator. Okay. Hang on, L I I V I V I. Roman numerals converter. <laughs> give me, give me that dankness. What number is fifty six? Fifty-six. Okay. Well, shit. I'm wrong. The the IIs probably get absorbed into another number. So Fucking... what happens? What happens is if you do, um, uh, it's like, so instead of like instead of how they do it, it's like fifty, and then it's like fifty plus one, and then it goes up to five. So like LIV is LIV. So because it's fifty, it's fifty minus one plus five. So because they start. They start going back. They start going backwards in certain scenarios. It's weird. Whatever. Either way, it's fifty-six. Uh, it's yes, 56. it is fifty-six. So Vindicare Assassin number fifty-six, Livy, uh, actually canon. Interesting fact, but is most famous for being the subject of the story "Love Can Bloom." In Excuse which Vindicare, me. In which a Vindicare Assassin falls in love with Eldar Farseer Tall Deer. <laughs> He deserves the Imperium. It's some shenanigans. I love the story a lot, actually, but yeah. Was his Eldar Farseer love a very short? Uh, tall deer? No. Yeah. No. Is she, there a short she, deer? She's pretty normal. Yeah. I'm gonna that's kill it. all of you. That's her. Um, that's her sister. <laughs> we'll talk about tall deer in the Eldar episodes. And don't the forget the metal child, medium deer. Um, Vindicare assassins are typically orphans who get brought in by the officio assassinorum and trained in the arts of infiltration. They play a lot of CSGO. Constantly. Just so much Counter-Strike. Are you, are you, John, are you saying... Rushbi? I'm saying... Rushbi! Rushbi! Suka For those who don't know, uh... Fuzzy is actually Slavic, so he's addicted to Semichki. Uh, he has a solution with vodka, and is generally uh, always dancing to hard bass. <laughs> I shit you not, on my drive from Kansas to uh, Austin, I was I there was, I bought fucking sunflower seeds because they're pretty low calorie, considering that like most of their volume is the shell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't spit out the shell, I just eat the whole fucking thing. 
I was listening really? to hard bass and eating ranch fucking semishki uh, sunflower seeds the entire fucking or a decent chunk of the drive. And I got like a shard of it stuck in my teeth and it didn't come out for like three days and it was hell. Um because like there was just a shard of fucking yeah. sunflower seed in my gums. It's the worst. <clears throat> How did you survive? Um I didn't. I'm dead. You know uh, why you know why you know why you died, right? Why? You did not add the bay leaf to your semichi. <laughs> Uh, that's not how that works, That's John. where you're mixing your That's memes. where you're wrong, kid. <laughs> anyway, Vindicares are snipers. Vindicares are purely snipers. They, they can attack characters, which is important. Um, they have a real good weapon skill and ballistic skill. They fucking, they, if they come at you, you're dead. That's what their whole shtiz is. They assassinate the fuck out of you. Um, with a sniper rifle. And that's all she wrote. That's how Vindicares work. Uh, in lore, oftentimes Vindicares will be... Uh, track their targets for literal weeks. Until they just find that moment where they can shoot and get out of there and be done with okay, it. Okay, uh, ev- every uh, wannabe badass who wears like some variation on a Punisher tattoo wishes they were a Vindicare. Yes, essentially. Um, they're also just real cool. They're equipped with a special rifle that only Vindicares have called the Exitus rifle. Um, it also comes with a variety of other uh, rounds, such as Hellfire, which they explode, Shield Breaker, which they explode forward, and Turbo Penetrator, which even though it's not a sex oh, that's toy... that's they Did go through it? vehicles like a hot knife through butter, yes. Like a hot knife through butter. Um, Vindicares are pretty cool. Uh, I like them a lot. I think they're a cool bit. And someone even went out and made a Exodist fucking rifle for a cosplay. That's sick nasty. Um, I also just uh, love... Love can bloom a lot, so... <sighs> yeah. There's, there's going to be a lot of me enjoying that. Look forward um, to our Patreon, where you can listen to Fuzzy read Love Can Bloom. You meme, but I'd totally do that. Um, no, how about this? <laughs> we do a, a double reading where I play as, as Tall Deer and uh, Fuzzy <laughs> plays as Libby. <laughs> Does that mean I have to read all the, uh, the other parts? Yes. Counter, counter, counter. Because I think Livy has, like, no lines. He barely speaks. Exactly. Um, so, fucking, we'll make you Livy. Ah, <laughs> uh, Christ. Anyway, uh, the last Assassin Temple. Oh. The final Assassin Temple is the Mayororus. Mayororus? The Macarena. Yes, uh, we, there's not a lot of information about them, because as far as we know, there's only really one of them. There's only one Mayorus assassin. Um, as far as we can tell, essentially, uh, they are the ultimate assassin, and by that I mean 
It's a Girl, who is a mixture of Alex Mercer from Prototype and Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star. That seems nice. underpowered. Um, she also, like, literally can just... A person? Like, yeah. if she just gets her hands on you, you get absorbed by Absolutely. by her wholesale. Um, to no one's great surprise, this did not work very well. Um, she is incredibly OP and very likely to cause everyone on everywhere to die. Uh, so eventually they stopped making them. Uh, Dear God. And by that I mean they immediately destroyed all of the fucking prototypes of the other Myroruses after they killed that one. Okay, so um, she fought Terminators an Epistolary, which uh, isn't a librarian, an Eversor, and the Emperor's Champion. Uh, okay. The first time they fought, that the Mayroris fought the functions of the, uh, the Imperium, they fought uh, a liberation fleet, including the Imperial Guard and the Imperial Fists, uh, and a fuck ton of assassins, including two Grand Masters. She won, and then uh, their second encounter was the Terminator's Apostolary Eversor and Emperor's Champion. Um, this particular. Uh, Oh, and also, um, Brother Captain Darnith Lysander, Darnath Lysander, who, uh, eventually they managed to kill her, and it was basically came down to Lysander taking his thunder hammer and doing his best impression of the Super Smash Brothers hammer until there was nothing left. That one. Just over. That hammer. And over. And over. Yeah. Fucking rough. Um. Very rough. Uh. Yeah. Don't. Don't make prototype. Whatever. This. If you're out there and you're thinking about making prototype. Like Alex Mercer from Prototype. Prototype. Don't make Prototype. Don't do it. <laughs> well, that's okay because um, no, don't do it. Don't make a Prototype. Well, okay, hear me. No, out. I'm saying Insomniac Games got shut down by whoever ate them and Aww. don't the publisher, so they're I, not making I, any more Prototype games. I would totally play another Prototype Same. game. So I'm would I. I fucking I, love. This is the both second time we've talked about Prototype yeah. on this podcast because <laughs> it's so, so good. Like it's. It's, it's a very a good, good game. game. Like, honestly, here's my thing, right? If uh-huh. Microsoft somehow got it back and released Prototype 3 as an Xbox exclusive, I'd probably buy one. You'd... And this is from someone who owns Same. a PS4. Yeah. That's a that's bold claims. Um, now imagine if they made a prototype game but set in the Warhammer universe where you play as one of as the assassin lady. Oh god. I mean, I'd play that too, honestly. Like, Jesus. Frankly, I'd play like a prototype three kind of shties where you play as the villain version of Alex Mercer. Like, I'd be real. Alex that. Mercer was a villain. Well, in two, he was like the main antagonist. So if you 
In two, he, he was the, the main face. antagonist. I mean, like that guy who goes even further beyond. Um, um, well, see, he, James he's... Heller went pretty hard, but he still like had like an admirable goal at the end, which was to get his daughter back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because his wife. Okay, yeah, his wife out, died. He was trying to get his daughter. Back. Oh. Also, remember, James Heller didn't know how to work. We'll, we'll get back to 40k later, but hear me out on this one. In one of the first scenes, okay. he fucking, he's like, I don't know how to work this shit. So, he busts up a, a computer. A prototype game that is set in the future where we have uh-huh. a lunar colony. Ooh. And so you're a single prototype boy set out into the, into the moon. In my head, there's like a lunar base like open world section and then an earth city open world section you can go between via elevator oh i was gonna say this sounds like you could do something like the thing or you're like some alien creature who has to disguise themselves as a human and not that's the only way you can eat the lunar colony imagine a fucking asymmetrical multiplayer game that's just the thing you just play the thing game. They're, they've made a couple games like that. It hasn't oh, been a what's that? What's from that creepy pasta? The Goat Man? Uh, the Goat Man? Goat Man the game. Oh, Goat Man, yeah. That yeah. would be spooky. I'd also play a Goat Man the game. That'd be real cool as well. That would be um, now, it'd be much better if I you would... had like, the smell-o-sense going on so you could like smell that bloody copper thing. Also, check our Patreon for when yeah. you can listen to us read Creepypasta. Go <laughs> oh, fuck that. I'll fuck read you. the bad ones, like the potato one. The potato one? Oh, wait, one? what if we read There's SCPs? one about... Oh, that'd I be mean, cool. Fucking... <laughs> Don't make me start an SCP sub-podcast, God. <laughs> I'll join our, That's our spell. Uh, the, there's one called... There's one called The Tubes that I heard on the last podcast on the left about... Um, like a potato creature that grows legs and arms and eats people. Are you That's amazing. Me? I'm not. Jesus Christ. Dumb. That's very dumb, yeah. Accurate. Fucking accurate. Potato. Uh, no, no, it's not called the tubes. I remember now. It's called the tubers. The tubers! Yeah. That, that makes more sense. Um. Anyway... Let's talk about tubers in the Warhammer 40,000 movies. What do you How think about... potatoes look like in the 40,000? Oh, probably corrupted and like fucked Like regular up. fucking potato. And oh, no, they're probably sake. like red or what something. What does a chaos potato look like? Why? We have red potatoes. I know. What if they're even redder? <laughs> what if they're like corn red? What if corn they had red. like, what if they had sad faces on them? I imagine <laughs> every plant in the 40,000 universe has a sad face on it. Why? <laughs> because they're sad. <laughs> Uh, produce in the, the 40, Why produce in the 41st millennium adopts the emotions of the person who grows it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there's a lot so of they all sad, sad yet faces. fanatical fucking shit. Yeah, they're all sad, but they're all they all have like a little tiny emperor like in the corn. God, like you know on how you know that like that image on Reddit of like Abraham Lincoln's in this potato chip, <laughs> like it's that, but it's the emperor. <laughs> Jesus. Like if there's there's somewhere on some planet in the Warhammer forty thousand universe, there is a planet that worships a potato that looks like the Emperor's face. That's just like seeing Jesus in the probably. Exactly. I believe that's the reference he was going for. Yes. No, there's another one about like a Dorito chip that looks like Darth Vader or like Abraham Lincoln or something. Christ. 
Now hear me out. What if Darth Vader is Abraham Lincoln? What? I would what? be down for that. Have you ever... Darth Vader in, in Civil War era gear? <laughs> Four score and seven years ago. I altered I the deal. Pray I did not alter it further. Oh god. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's like getting into like the steampunk what if the Civil War never ended. Starpunk. <laughs> oh. Oh uh, Steam Wars. Everything <laughs> about this is bad. <laughs> Steam Wars is the most like dumbass fucking name for a game I've ever heard. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Uh we still we can technically fill like twelve more minutes. Should we talk about something Warhammer forty K related for twelve minutes oh, real quick? What do we have that we could do? Alright. I'ma talk about my Warhammer forty thousand treats AU. All we right. could we could throw we could throw out some Necromunda information. Yes. Since that's Ooh, out. Okay. What's Necromunda? Alright, so this is, this is definitely separate from the Inquisition. I just happen to be thinking of Necromunda at the moment. So, um, We've talked about hive planets for you, right, Brayden? Yes. Right, so for those of you who don't remember, a hive planet is a like a giant mega metropolis city covering yeah. an entire planet. Or at the very least, like, a city that is in and of itself, like, huge mega city with many layers. Many of those layers are the underhive. The underhive is, as one might expect, a hive of scum and villainy. Too true. Within those hives, well, gangs prop up. And a lot of those gangs, well, they fight each other. And that's Necromunda. Necromunda Underhive is a skirmish level war game that came out way back when in 2nd edition, when the men were men, the women were men, and everyone had mohawks. Um, which is just true. Uh, they kept it going for a while, but eventually it got dropped, but it just came out again! Re-released, brand new, brand spanking new edition of Necromunda. Still a skirmish level war game, but we're all very happy to see it back. The idea of Necromunda is playing these, well, gangers. Because, well, there's a lot of these gangs in various underhives throughout the Imperium. Now you're probably wondering, why does the Adeptus Arbites not just fucking murder all of them? Uh, you want the long version or the short version? The long version. There's too many fucking many of them. Oh. <laughs> like, the gangers still in many ways pay their taxes, it's just they also kill each other a lot and make, like, illegal chems. Uh, and that's a lot of what happens. Uh, the Underhive houses are in and of themselves like royal houses of the Upper Hive. And just like the royal houses of the Upper Hive, you don't fuck with an Underhive house. Yeah. Um, for example, right now the two central hives, or the two houses that come with the new Necromunda box set, are, uh, if I remember correctly, it's like House or- no. House Escher and House Goliath, I believe. Uh, House Escher is a bunch of ladies who make real good combat stims, and House Goliath 
Uh, oh, all the ladies make real good uh, combat stims, but there are no men left because all of them tried to try their combat stims on themselves first and became gross mutants who they eradicated. Um, the ladies still run the house, though, and it runs pretty well. Uh, they also fixed the whole turn into terrible mindless mutants thing, which is good. House Goliath is, um... Well, the cover of the original Necromunda uh, core rulebook is kind of the best way to describe House Goliath. On it, there is a man who, uh, whilst wearing pants, in the strictest sense, has a giant codpiece with a fist on it, and both of his legs have giant vambraces on them that are covered in spikes. Okay. He is shirtless, except for a red X-cross uh, thing, or a red X over his chest that is keeping one pauldron and one giant shoulder spike on his body. He is, naturally, jacked to the nine heavens, uh, has a red mohawk, and is screaming while firing a gun in a random direction and pointing his sword in another different direction. That's House Goliath. I'll post this image on Twitter, I promise. Um, there's a bunch of houses, and all of them are pretty cool. If you want to try to get into Warhammer as a concept, but you don't want to shell out for an entire army, well, the skirmish level Necromunda might be your Huckleberry. Uh, it's pretty cool, just stylistically, because it's gothic apocalypse shit, it's man. <clears throat> it's Mad it's like, Max meets Shadowrun. It's Mad Max meets Shadowrun meets, uh, well, oh, I don't know, the 41st Millennium, because there's still that dank and, gothic architecture And I would also shit. say, meets Judge Dredd. There's also a good amount of Judge Dredd in there, too. Um... All of the gangs also have a decent amount of, well, fluff around them. Uh, Escher has all of the, uh, well, 80s glam rock, techno-punk Amazons and space aesthetic going on. Uh, House Goliath is, well, you know, roided up dudes with mohawks, naturally. Uh, House Orlock is the House of Iron. Uh, they know how to actually make things, which is new and different. Um, they have, they're the jack-of-all-trades. There's the Vonsars, which they have the tech. Uh, they're good at shooting and techno, not the music. House Delac, uh, even shootier. They're the sneaky shooty ones. Uh, there's more fluff besides that, but I'm just going fast and eating ass and doing 9-11. Um... Ooh. At the same time. <laughs> Hold on, I I need a I need a moment. I don't know if the listenership needs a moment, but I need a moment. <laughs> Never. Because you both did it at the same fucking time. Um You know you are. I don't. House Cador, uh they're the muscly ferocious ones. Um yeah, even so compared much. to House Goliath. Uh and there's a bunch of expansion houses, too, including Scavies, shitty criminals, Pit Slaves, take a guess, Ratskin Renegades, they're apparently the Native American archetype. Uh, we don't talk about that terrible uh -huh. ripoff. Hold on, I, I haven't seen images of these guys. 
before. Let's take a look. Uh, my internet's going out in the process. Rip. Oh, no. They don't want you to have the real knowledge. Oh, they're only mentioned. They're only mentioned in fluff and are never actually seen. Uh, and though apparently they have a whole fuckload of lore, like a lot of lore. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot of lore. Like, their page is way longer than anyone else's. Um, Redemptionists, their house Cador, on crack, literally. Um, Spirers, uh, their spoiled rich kids who, uh, well, did too many drugs. Fenrisian Wilders, they came from Fenris, and now they're here fucking shit up. Enforcers. Throw the riot cops. Ashwaste nomads. They live outside of hive cities. Vampires. Yes, actually. Um, chaos cults. Uh, gene stealer cults. An orc gang that's happened to come by, I guess. Uh, a bunch of psychers. Squat miners. Gilder gang, who are merchants apparently. Hive prospectors. And the shantytown gang. I assume that's a terrible idea. That that's that's Necromunda, essentially. The hive world of Necromunda. It's it's not great to live there, but it's real cool. And it's got a hey. fucking aesthetic. Go look at the aesthetic. It's real good. Aesthetic. Like aesthetic, am I right, y'all? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but why? But why? Because fuck you. <laughs> why are you like this? Um. Uh. Apparently, there's just a lot of specialist games also from Games Workshop. The currently available ones are one about planes in 40k, uh, Execution Force, Assassinorum Execution Force, Shadow War Armageddon, which is the closest thing to epic level play we still have in. 40k um oh no other way around this is skirmish level play where it's uh a kill team has three models at minimum and a maximum of 10 there's not a lot of models uh betrayal at kalth which it's a board game it's a horse heresy themed board game uh and then of course blood bowl go play blood bowl Actually, if you haven't played Blood Bowl before, go play Blood Bowl. I highly you think recommend Blood the Bowl, games. A Blood Bowl equivalent would exist in a 40k AU. Uh, one of my favorite uh fix for 40k. There's an entire section where he accidentally into the warp and ends up in a Blood Bowl game, and oh, it's yes. great. It's fantastic. He ends up playing <clears throat> for I think. I think he ends up on the um, Corns team. He gets drafted into the Cornate uh, team for a while. That's amazing. And shenanigans ensue uh, as some hot daemonettes throw a big old axe at him and he just goes to town. Because <laughs> the main rule of Blood Bowl is get the ball to the other fucking side and live through it to tell the no tale. No matter what. <laughs> yeah, really. Just go. Just go get it done, son. Yeah, um, just carve your way through the enemy team. Fa failure is death. Uh, <laughs> your coach, the Imperial Guardsman coach is, um... God, I'm blanking on their names. 
Um, Creed. No, the guys who will shoot you if you run. Oh, commissars. 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 Yes. Just imagine a coach with a headset and a hat and like a <laughs> and like a ball his, cap on and his dope ass coat and his pistol. Yeah. God. And he's wearing oh. a polo shirt underneath. Okay, we definitely need and to talk shorts. about at some point the the Blood Bowl AU of 40k <laughs> because my favorite part about Blood Bowl is that the central conceit is there is a fifth chaos god and he is infinitely more powerful than the other four chaos gods isn't it nuffle and he yeah and he's yeah, the god of blood bowl nuffle the god of blood bowl and dice and dice uh and because of that everyone plays blood bowl in order to appease him Sorry. and everyone just kind of got caught up in it and stuck with the blood bowl thing forever and that's why people play blood bowl and don't kill each other unless it's on blood bowl how sneaky um, do you think Alpharis and Omegon would be as coaches? God, like 90% of their game would be the saying they... No, 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 no. They, you're supposed to only have 15 players, but no matter how many of their players you kill, they keep having more players. God. They just keep getting mis... Anytime you kill one, two more show up on the field somehow. Yeah, they, they keep having fucking... Uh, like um, they have a medical tent that they bring up, and no matter how many go in, always someone walks out of the medical tent a okay. Yeah, and then they constantly like the announcer constantly has to be like, and there's Alpharis or Omega, and I'm not sure which on the field watching the play happen. Yeah, he's <laughs> like head, head coach Alpharius and or Omega. I can't tell which is which because, frankly, they are all wearing the same number as well. It's really kind of. <laughs> they all wear number zero. They all Everyone wear. Terrifying. Yep. Uh... <laughs> and they all have that piece of paper with the chaos symbol drawn on it, taped to them. Yep. God. I think the most important question is who? Who do you think are the shoutcasters for 40k? Because in, in Blood Bowl, it's a vampire and an ogre who used to play Blood Bowl. Okay. And it's very good because they have very good chemistry. Because okay, one of them is uh, an ancient vampire and the other one is a giant ogre. It's Trays in the Infinite. And Creed. And Creed. That'd be yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, also, uh, they have the bat. Their on the field reporter is Caldor Drago. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps popping in. And the fantasy, <laughs> the fantasy sports analyst is Zeech. Yes, Zeech always gives wrong advice, but sometimes <laughs> he gives like a really good nugget. Yep. Uh, sometimes he gives a really good strat. God in heaven. Oh fuck! Okay, I'm, so uh, okay, we need to do an episode an about ESPN, this at some yeah. point. Imagine an ESPN panel. Of like an after the save game, that, save like that, recap. save that. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that. So uh, okay, damn it. Remember to <laughs> okay, that's going to be our after dork. <laughs> the, yeah, our first uh, after dork is we're going to get in altered states and talk about the 40k blood bowl. <laughs> Text about it. 40k AUs in general. Text it. Uh, All right, uh, I'm 90 so. percent sure we can talk for an hour about blood bowl on yeah. its own. <laughs> yeah, because we're terrible. Okay, uh, so email us your thoughts, uh, grimdorkspod at gmail.com, or tweet us at grimdorkspod. Uh, yeah, just make sure we know what you think about that. 
<laughs> whatever you do, make sure yeah. you like that idea. You, your thoughts are that you're going to like that idea. Just make sure you let us know that you like that idea. <laughs> you don't get yeah. a choice. Yeah. Right, uh, <sighs> listen to Mobile Suit Fandom? Yeah, sure. Uh, listen to Get Wrecked? Yeah, sure. Check out Alien Happy Hour? Yeah, sure. Uh, 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 listen to all our friends. That's the gist. Listen... Also, listen to Neo Scum and tell them to, tell them we love them. <laughs> if you can somehow get that to them, yeah, sure. Um, tell if you know Mike Migdal, tell him that I want to meet. <laughs> Very specific. We want him on in, the show. Look, okay. If you know Matt I'm Ward, fanboy. I'm a fanboy you know for Matt Mike Migdal. Also, I think the greatest get we could get for this podcast is JPC and Mike Migdal. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Dog, what if we get, like, the writers of some Warhammer books? Like, what if we get Rob Sanders on the show? I'd shit myself. I wonder if I could get Ben Counter to talk about the new 40k RPG. (laughs) Yeah! Fucking god. It... Any any of this. It, if I got if we managed to get CS Goto on the show, I'd suck his dick. Like, Jesus. <laughs> what if we get someone random on the show? Like, what if we get JRL token onto the show? If you know him, he did <laughs> No, he's in Trazen's uh Trazen's Vault. backyard. Yeah. He's in Christ. he's in Trazen's thingy mabob. Just PTSD'd the shit out of. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Christ. He's stuck there in a catatonic state. Jesus, like a statue. I wonder if I could contact the people deliver- developing Wrath and Glory. <laughs> hey, you want to do an interview on a very small podcast? <laughs> on a growing podcast. <laughs> on a growing podcast. That's the that's the ticket. We have an ounce of clout. I know you. I know you guys are a. Uh, or a developer house that just translates German RPGs, but hear us out. <laughs> hear, hear us is, out. That, is that really what they do? Uh, they're the English language division of Germany's premier RPG translator and publisher. Wow, alright, interesting. They're also developing uh, Wrath and Glory, which is the new 40k RPG. Clout. Alright, you know, that sounds like we might be able to do it. We, might, we could get that, maybe. Rob's- I'm going to contact Rob Sanders and I'm just going to write him an email that just says clout and send it to him. <laughs> clout. <laughs> that and a picture of a Gucci belt. <laughs> I'm going to send him a picture of a Gucci belt with like, but it's like corn. Like, with a Gucci belt. I'm a chaos Gucci on. belt. Jesus. With a Skitari with a Gucci belt on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine an Adeptus mechanic is just blinging. Jesus. I'm into it. Imagine horse with a flavor fade clock. But it's a big eye. Uh, but it's also a clock. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's it keeps really time important. inside here. the iris. Alright, fucking. John, say what you were. <laughs> Quick, uh, end the episode or we'll be here forever. So I have been uh, <laughs> Blood Bowl color commentator Creed John. <laughs> Damn it, you fucking stole my shit. <laughs> uh, I've been, uh... I, I, I've been in the pulpit, uh, commentator fuzzy. I've been on the sidelines, commentator coach, and sportscaster, commissar Brayton. 
Thank you for listening to Grim Dorks. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Like the show? Want to show your dorky pride? Go to bit.ly forward slash grimdorks to pick up a variety of merch. Our theme song is John Hammer by Matt Lee. You can find him on Twitter at NiceWizardMusic. Our background music is Go Home and Be a Family Man by Norn Rad from OC Remix. And remember, Ave Imperatorum.